Um, we're going to finish up uh, probably tonight our, I think I'm going to anyway, our study from First uh, Peter where uh, he has been giving us some uh, instructions on how to prepare ourselves, how to sustain ourselves, and ultimately have the victory over the things that are in this dark world. Um, and that's, of course, by walking in the light, as he is in the light, as 1 John 1 and 7 tells us. But we're going to uh, probably end tonight by looking at uh, a couple final uh, exhortations from Peter uh, to equip us to fight our ultimate enemy, which is Satan. Uh, and I think that's what it was all leading up to, that we need to understand that Satan is our ultimate enemy and that's who we uh, have to prepare for. And he's the cause of uh, uh, him and sin, of course, is the cause of all the darkness that we see around about us today. But let's go to 1 Peter 5 and, and kind of go through a few verses. We're not going to get into, there's a lot of things we could talk about in these first few verses, uh, uh, but we won't uh, chase rabbits tonight. We'll kind of stay on topic. Uh, he says, So I exhort the elders among you as, fellow, as a fellow elder, and a witness of the suffering of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight. Uh, notice what he says here. Uh, he says, exercising oversight, not under compulsion. We'll stop right there for just a moment. Uh, he's, while he's going to help us to fight these things that we have to fight and face these things that we have to face in the world, I think he's showing here how important it is to have the proper leadership. When it comes to a congregation, if we want to stay strong as individuals, we have to do that, and he's been telling us how to do that. And if we especially want to do this as a congregation, we have to have strong leadership. Because once these things in the world get into our building. I don't, you know, we say sometimes as it infiltrates the church, I think the church can withstand it. I think sometimes our congregations and our buildings can't. Uh, I think it kind of gets into uh, us and we, we kind of let those things of the world in. But he says here, I exhort the elders among you as fellow elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ. So as he says this, he starts off by saying, okay, I'm going to address the leadership. I'm going to address... Uh, individuals and he says I want you to know I'm qualified to do this he said here's here's what makes me qualified so he gives these qualifications as he goes in and talks about the leadership if the if the church the congregations the individuals the body of Christ is going to withstand these things um, you know just like Brad I thought he made a, a, an interesting comment about uh, if the church was going to remain you know, as far as America goes, is it just going to be a remnant? And, and I thought that was uh, uh, very pertinent to the things that are going on around us. And I think that's exactly what Peter's dealing with. And in the context, he's dealing with an immediate threat that's happening. But also in the broader sense of the things that apply us today, the still same threats that we have, how important leadership is. And he gives his qualifications that he is a witness of the suffering of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that's going to be revealed. Notice here in verse 2, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. We could do a whole lesson on how congregations are autonomous. We could do a whole lesson on you shepherd the flock that's here. Sometimes we want to get involved in a lot of things and kind of second guess a lot of other decisions that have been made a lot of other places. But, you know, 
As I tell people all the time, I go to Center Grove. I'm under the Center Grove eldership. I, I follow the scriptures. I follow the guidelines and, and the path in which they are trying to help us to grow. And, and I think we need to uh, do well to think about that. But he says, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight. And he says, here's how you be a great leader. Here's how you do this. You do this for the right motivation and the right reasons. I always like going to this when I think about the shepherds and I think about elders. You know, you can go to Paul's qualifications and we can go through that list of qualifications. But I like how Peter here gets down to the practical part of it. He says, here's what you have to do and you need to do it for the right reasons. You need to do it with the right motivation in mind. He says, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly. You know, I think uh, if you want to throw in a list of qualifications, I think that's a big one, isn't it? You know, it goes back to what Paul says about desiring. I think we need to be willing to do that as God would have you, not, uh, shameful, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Yeah, so he says... You know, if you want to be the right uh, leader, if, if we're going to get anywhere in this dark world, if we're going to get anywhere with the climate, the circumstances, you know, the, the climate that's around us as far as uh, the moral standard that's around us, he says leadership is important and doing it for the right reason is important. And he said because they're going to have to give an account for that, aren't they? Our shepherds are going to have to give an account for how they lead, how they protect, how they shepherd uh, the flock that's among. But notice, he goes on with responsibility. He says, uh, verse 5, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourself, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And here's where, I think, as they say, the rubber hits the road. If... If we're trying to prepare ourselves and, and protect ourselves and preserve ourselves from the things that, that are going on in the world, we need proper leadership. But to have proper leadership, you need proper followers, don't you? We need to be able to submit ourselves. We don't, we don't need to be proud and say, oh, you can't tell me what to do. You can't. We, we need that guidance. We need that instruction. And we need to be able to trust our leaders uh, to do that. That's why it's so important to have the right qualifications, so important to have the right motivation to do it, so that uh, individuals feel comfortable submitting to that and humbling themselves to that kind of direction. Um, and, and I know we're going through this kind of quick, but there's a lot we could talk about with it. But I want us just to have this foundation tonight to get us to... Uh, the part of uh, who we're really battling, but he, he's telling us here this is part of the equipment uh, and part of the uh, armor of God that we need to have. He says, uh, he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, verse 6, therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So he says a, a number of things here. He says, uh, humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time we may be exalted. We may go through this present life and not be exalted as Christians. We may go through it as the bad guy to the world. We may go through it as the outsider, the, 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 the one that's in the wrong, the one that's narrow-minded. That, that's the picture that the world tries to paint toward us. 
Well, he says don't get so involved in that back and forth as far as just trying to prove. And I think that's what can happen. We can get into discussions uh, out in the world and we can do things and, and, and the battling part of it that just sometimes becomes about us. About us just trying to prove that we're right instead of living that we're right. You think there's a difference in that? I think there is. I, I, I see it in myself a lot of times to where sometimes I, I cross the line of, of, of trying to live uh, the way that God tells me to live and show that to the world to trying to prove, just prove that I'm right and that I'm going to win this argument for me. Not for the cause, but for me. And when it becomes that, then I think we lose all credibility, don't we? I think we can get to the point to where we can do more harm than good. So Peter here, because there's going to go through some of the things that Peter's talking about, is going to be some immediate threats that they're going to face in the very near future of the individuals that Peter's addressing. And he says, you need to make sure that you've got your head screwed on right. You need to make sure that your thought process is right. You need to make sure that you, you, you look at everything around, you look at this structure that God has set up, especially when it comes to the church, especially when it comes to the overseers and, and how that plays out. He says, if you follow that, then you're going to be strong enough to face what's out there in the world. But you get away from the pattern and start making your own pattern then you're not going to be able to walk in this world. You're no longer walking in the light. You no longer have the fellowship that God wants us to have. He says, make sure we have these things right. And I think that's where we fall short at times. We, we want to take, uh, and I'm speaking generally, and I'm speaking for myself, I, I think we want to take bits and pieces of, of what God instructs us as far as structure goes, as far as the, the plan to, to live for Him goes, and we want to take the things that we like in it and we want to discard the other and we take those bits and pieces and we try to go out and face the world. And then we wonder how come that doesn't work. We wonder how come we fall short. Well, what happens is we, we have took off part of the armor that God has for us to protect ourselves, don't we? And so we're vulnerable to it. We're, we're wide open for whatever Satan throws at us and that can make it very difficult to battle him when God says, I'm giving you everything you need to where you won't have any problem. Now you say, well, Christian life is difficult. Yeah, it can be difficult, but I can go through a difficult thing and do it the right way and have the right outcome that I'm supposed to have if I'm living, living for that. Any thoughts or comments before we get into who we're actually fighting? Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a totally different... I mean, just think about it. If you ask the average Christian what makes a faithful Christian, if you were to pick out the most faithful person you can think of in your eyes, what makes them that way? And what do you think the number one answer would be? Hear every time the door's open. Hear every time the door's open. And that's a good thing, but that is by far not the only thing. 
You know, that's just, that's just showing our commitment because I can come here every time the door's open and never get a thing out of it and never live it. Um, you know, I, I, I did that for, uh, I'm proof of that for at least most of my high school life. Walked in there, went to every class, most of them, <laughs> you know, that I, I got to. You know, I, I went through the motions, but I can't say it taught me anything. I mean, if I'm honest, I only got what I put into it. You know, uh, whose fault was that? That was my fault. So I, I can go through the motions. I can look like, I can show up, but sometimes that's all that we do is just show up. Well, I think Peter is, is getting to the fact if we put all the things from chapter 1 that he put, even when he was talking and he got on into it and talking to husbands specifically, wives specifically, you know, he's talking to young people, he's talking to leaders. He's trying to get every aspect of our lives as a whole and say, okay, you put all this together, this is what you're going to need to be able to face what's out there. Because here's the problem, and he's about to tell us, I don't think we take serious enough actually who we're battling. I don't think we take serious enough exactly who our foe is. Notice what he says here in verse 5, or verse 8, I mean. He says, be sober-minded, be watchful, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So he says, here is the real enemy. The real enemy is Satan. And Satan doesn't want to make us unhappy. He doesn't want to make us miserable. He wants to devour us. He wants to destroy us. And that's what we have to take seriously. Sometimes we just think of Satan as... Uh, just something that, uh, you know, I, I, it just makes me unhappy sometimes or, or tempts me on certain things. His mission is to devour us. Now, he may realize that the way to do that is to make us happy in sin. Satan can actually hurt us by actually making us happy. He, he may not want to make us miserable. He may want to make us happy. He may realize, okay... Uh, here's what works on him, or here's what works on her. And that's how he's going to work. Whatever he can do to ultimately devour us, destroy us, that's what he's going to do. And we've got to realize that. As Peter has told us all of these things, here's what you're going to face in the world. Here's what's going to happen in the world. He's telling us now, this is the reason. This is the ultimate reason. This is the ultimate thing that you're going to fight against. This is your number one enemy. And here's what he's going to do. He's going to uh, um, try to devour you. Now he says be sober-minded. Um, he says be watchful or be diligent. Uh, be vigilant. Uh, translations say. He, he's saying, okay, you've got to be clear thinking and you've got to be... Uh, have a focus that you realize this is what he's going to try to do and you always be alert to that. Now, let's notice something. Look in Colossians 2 and verse 15. Colossians 2 15 says, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a pu uh, public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Now notice, having disarmed principalities and powers. Satan has power, but he don't have power over us, does he? Unless we give it to him. So God has made sure he doesn't have that. In other words, he's defamed uh, the lion. 
Okay, that, it's like that, but Satan doesn't want you to know that. And Satan's going to try every way in the world to make us think that this is what he can do. Now, that's his number one desire to do it. But God said, I've already made arrangements where he can't unless you let him. And that's what we have to realize. He's, he, he's, he's doing everything he possibly can, and he's going to be there every chance he can to get us to do that. But notice, there's, there's something interesting here. Look in Psalms 91 and verse 3. It says, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Uh, a fowler is someone that uh, catches birds and keeps birds. Okay, So sometimes he wants to come up to us secretly. doesn't want us to know he's there. He, he wants to, you know, sometimes he's going to be like a lion. Sometimes he's going to be like a fowler that's going to, you know, try to capture us or sneak up on us and be just as quiet as he can be. We never know what he's going to do. Sometimes he may be an angel of light. Look at 2 Corinthians uh, 11 and 14. And no wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. So he's going to do everything that he possibly can in every form that he possibly can to destroy us. And we don't know which way he's going to be. We don't know what he's going to use. But he's going to use our very weakest moment to do it and we have to be ready for that we have to realize that's what he's trying to do so our, our first thing that he tells us about this enemy is better take him seriously this isn't some friendly little kitten this isn't some little uh, uh, cartoon figure this isn't someone who just wants to make us miserable sometimes this isn't someone we can just blame on the bad things that we're doing, he absolutely wants to destroy us. Now, here's the thing. If we don't get that in our mind, nothing else matters, does it? I mean, think about it. If we don't take Satan seriously, I mean, look at the, the pain and the misery he put Job through. And what kind of servant of God was Job? Was he a good one? What's that? Obedient, faithful, he was so obedient and faithful, God said, okay, there he is. He called him out and said, try it on him. But he still had limits, didn't he? But, but Job struggled, and, and I think the biggest thing Job struggled with was right here, emotionally. Yeah, he, had, he was physically devastated on a lot of levels. He had a lot of things happen to him. But look at the emotional strain that he placed on Job trying to figure out the why and, the, and all the, the process of it. And that's, that's what he wanted. That, that's how he got Job to his weakest point, what was getting him to go through that. And that's what he's going to do to us. So we have to take him seriously. But notice what he says in verse 9. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. What's he start off by saying here in verse 9? What's the very first thing he says? Resist him, right? So if, if we were not able to resist him, could Peter tell us to do that through inspiration? So guess what he tells us right off the bat? You can resist him. You, you, you can resist this. But, uh, but I think what's interesting is in order to resist Satan, we have to resist what he does. Um, so I, I have to realize, first of all, if I'm doing the things in which God says to do, I, I've got these things in order, I'm, I'm facing these things, I'm, I'm truly living these things, I, 
I can resist him. I can resist what he does. But notice some things he tells us. Look in 1 Corinthians 6 and 18. He says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. So he tells us to flee or resist sexual immorality. Look at another one. He says, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. So he, I, I, can, I can flee and resist sexual immorality. I can flee or resist idolatry. What about another one? He says, but you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. So it's not enough just to, to flee that. We have to pursue something else. But, but there's one thing about this. When we look at these things, let's look at another one. Look at 1 Timothy 2. Flee also useful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Notice the things that he's telling us to flee. Is he telling us to flee Satan, or is he telling us to flee what Satan uses against us? Flee sexual immorality, flee idolatry, flee useful lust, uh, these things. Peter tells us here we can resist him. We can resist him. Can we flee from him? Or can we flee from, his, from what he wants us to do? Is there anywhere I can run where Satan can't find me? I mean, think about that. Uh, I, 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 and what, what I'm trying to say here is, what he's telling us, we don't need to think that I, I, can, okay, I can run far enough where Satan will be nowhere around me ever again. But he's telling me, Peter's telling me, I can resist him. I can stand firm, and that's what resist means. It means stand against. I, I can stand against him and flee the things in which he is trying to get us to do. Oh yeah, I, and that's the thing. If, if I realize that I have the power that he doesn't have and I've not let him convince me of that, I can withstand, withstand him every time he throws something at me because I'm fleeing. I mean, take Joseph for example. Joseph fled, didn't he? I mean, there's times we may have to physically run away, be out of, completely out of the situation. I can flee those things, but I can only resist Satan. I don't think, um, unless there's something I'm not finding, I, I don't find anywhere where it says I can actually flee from him. Satan told, uh, or Jesus told Peter, get behind me, Satan, didn't he? I mean, look, everywhere Jesus went, was he not tempted? Was he not, was he not distressed? Was there not things going? If the Son of God can't or didn't get away from him, how, how can I? Now, did he resist him? Yep, and he showed us how to do it. He says, I, here's how you stand against him to where what he's doing will, will not be a, a devastating blow against you. In other words, he's not going to devour you like he wants to do. So flee the things in which he's trying to get us to do, the power that he's trying to convince us that he has over us, and we're able to do that. I mean, what does it matter if he's around, if I have the power to resist him? 
He's not going to be effective, is he? Yeah, well, I, I got up there, but I actually was, I was thinking about it. Go ahead. Yeah. So it seems like within this logic, we have to remember that even though we can't ever get away from where he could get us, that right. he's not every moment of every day constantly on us. And I'm guessing yeah. if it means he flees from you, I, that's what I'm curious about. What yeah. does that actually mean? I, I, well, I, and, and that's what I was getting to. There, it comes to a point to where it's almost the opposite of God. God's not going to walk away from us, but we can walk away from him. We, we can not follow him. We can step out of the light. I, I, if I was to, Satan can, no matter where I go or what I do, he can try to uh, tempt me. He can do everything that he possibly can to do that. Um, but, okay, if I get to the point, and that's where I want to go with James, if I get to the point where I realize the power that he has or ultimately that he doesn't have, and I'm living the way that God says do, doesn't mean a perfect life, but it means a life walking in the light is his in the light, that I, I'm covered in that blood. Do you think Satan's going to move on to somebody that he can reach? Do you think it's going to become easier? Because he's not, you know, ultimately when we first become a Christian, I think that's when he hits us the hardest. Or when we have those weak moments, then he's going to jump right back into the fight. But if I do resist him, he's going to be less effective. He's going to... I think he's going to leave me alone. I think that's what James is talking about. He's going to flee from me and start to get somebody else. I, I think, it, and I always want to go back to Adam and Eve here, I think that's why he didn't go to Adam Adam because he couldn't get Adam. So he fled from Adam and went to Eve, then Eve was able to get Adam. You know, he, he works in all of these ways, but if I do resist him, he's going to move to something else. Look, look at all the... the, the the fight and look at all the, the mishaps and the mayhem that he caused with Job, but look at the end result of that. Look how, how Job was blessed after going through that. You think Satan left him alone? Because he proved God's point. He will serve God for nothing. That it's not like he had a hedge. doesn't matter what you throw at us, we can still serve God and be victorious. So he's going to move on. You know, I, I think this, that the Christian life's always going to be difficult. I don't know that I believe that. I, I believe it's going to be a, a straight way where there's always going to be obstacles. But as my faith, as I grow stronger in my faith and recognize the faith that I have, I think it becomes a lot easier because Satan's not fighting as hard against me because there's going to come a point to where he realizes he can't get me. If I resist him, if I, and again, it's not this, you can almost get into a once saved, always saved, because here's where some say, okay, because it doesn't matter what uh, Satan's not around you anymore, it doesn't matter what the flesh does, it, it's about what the spirit. What I'm meaning by this is, I think I get to the point to where I recognize him, and he no longer has power over me. You know, uh, when I don't give him the power, what else can he do? He'll go to somewhere where he can. And that's, that's, that's what I believe James is talking about. Now, I could be way off, but I think that's what he was talking about there. I, there's, it, I, I can resist him, and I can flee from the things he does, but if he still senses these weakness in me, he can, he can be right there with me. But if I continue to resist him and keep that armor on, what's he going to do? 
I mean, really, what, what can you do when it comes to the ultimate end? The victory's already been won. He's just trying to convince me that it's not. And I think that's, but I have to, I think it goes back to the beginning. I have to take him seriously. I have to realize that he is dangerous. I, I am fighting, as Paul said, it's not this flesh and blood, it's principalities, it's powers. And the Bible already told us what he did with the principalities and powers. He disarmed them. I mean, really, what, are they, what is he fighting with? He's fighting with what we give him to fight with. He doesn't have any power over us. He has the, what we give him. I give him the power over what I'm willing to give into. Then he has the ammunition that he needs to do it. I'm, I'm the one who gives it to him. You know, I, because he's not going to come at me with the same things he comes at Titus with or Bill with or Jimmy with. He's going to come with whatever they give him for them because it won't work on me. So it's only what each one of us gives. So if we don't give him anything, he has nothing to fight with. He has nothing left to do but to flee. So I, I believe that's what any other comments. Bill, do you have your hand up? I'm sorry. Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, I think it really, and I tell you, I've, I've, I don't know if you have, but I've, in studying this, I've really changed my thinking on a few things of, of how some of the things work and how I can better equip myself uh, and, and hopefully change some things in, in how I navigate things. It, it's really understanding if, if we will just trust God, Trust that God's plan is true. God's plan is, it, it, it works. As the old saying goes, trust the process. You've heard that. If, if we would just follow it and trust it, it's going to work. He tells us, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. If you don't do this, this is what's going to happen. And it rains true every single time. But yet we sit and wonder, why is this happening? Or, or, or why can't I overcome this? Or why can't? It's because we're not following it. Now, it doesn't mean we're not going to, uh, uh, you know, be marred down in the mud. I mean, we've been studying Psalms, and we see how much David <laughs> well, it was. Sometimes he was on the rock. Sometimes he was in the pit. You know, there's, life goes through that, and, and it's it, it just going back to, I've got to realize who has ultimate power, and that's God. That's the one that I serve. That, that's the one that I'm a child of. That's the one I'm an heir with Christ. So God, that, that's the one where I'm, I'm, I'm walking in that light, that blood is covering me. As long as that blood is covering me, what can Satan do? But, as, as Hebrew tells it, if I sin willfully, what happens? I step out of that, there remains no more sacrifice for me, so what does that do? It leaves me wide open, doesn't it? I mean, then there's the field day. I, I, then now I'm wide open to whatever Satan uh, can bring against. But he goes on and he, he tells me how I've got some help. One, 
that uh, if I resist him, stand firm in the faith, I know that the same kind of suffering are being experienced by your, uh, by your brotherhood throughout the world. Now, how can that help, knowing that the brotherhood's going through it too? You know, shouldn't that make me sad because somebody else having to face what I'm going through? How can that help? How can that be encouraging? Yeah, I'm not alone. <laughs> Satan is still, uh, I'm not the only one he's fighting against. I'm not the only one having to go through this. So if the brotherhood's going through it too, guess what I can do? I can go talk to somebody else. How, how are you getting through this? How can I help you get through this? How can you help me get through this? How can we fight this together? Strength in numbers, you know. How can I do you, You've got a support system. God didn't just leave us out here on our own and say, just have at it, hope you the best. There's a support system there, isn't there? there? There's help there. So I know the other brethren are going through it too. Now notice what he says. He throws in just a little bit here. And after you had suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Now, why did he have to say this? Why did he have to say this part? And after you have suffered a little while. Did he have to tell me that? Why didn't he say, okay, if you do this, you'll never suffer. I'd rather heard that. But he says, after you suffered a little while. So what's he telling us here? Yeah, you're going to suffer. There, there's no getting around. No matter how strong I am, it doesn't mean I'm not going to suffer. <coughs> it doesn't mean things aren't going to happen to me. But I realize I'm not the only one suffering. Here's the tools I can have to go through this suffering. Again, it's if I'm prepared for the punch, then, yeah, the punch is coming, but I can handle that punch a little bit better. If I've got time to, you know, tense up here, it won't knock the breath, at least it won't knock the breath out of me, but it's still going to hurt. So he's preparing me for what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what you're going to face. You're not the only one facing it, but here's how you get through it, because if you don't, have these principles in, in place, if you're not ready for it, he can devour you. And that's what he wants to do. That's what Peter, through inspiration, is trying to show us. We're going to have to go through it, but I can survive it. Now, doesn't mean I'm going to survive it physically, but ultimately what I want to do, I want to survive it spiritually. That, that's the goal, because I'm fighting against principalities, against powers. It's not flesh and blood, even though I feel it flesh and blood. I feel it physically. Just like Jesus, when he suffered, he felt it physically, but the battle was really spiritual, wasn't it? That, that's where the battle was. That's, that's what he was fighting. That's what he was overcoming. That's where the victory is. So I'm still going to have to face it physically, but ultimately I can't overcome it, and that's what we have to look at. So all these things that, that Peter said, all these tools that he's given us it really comes down to one thing are we going to apply them because because none of this matters see here's where the difference in knowledge and wisdom is isn't it i can have a knowledge of this book and it do me no good but what's how do i have wisdom with it you know what the difference is yeah know how to use your knowledge if you don't use your knowledge you're not very smart are we so I've got to be able to use it. So he gives me the wisdom, that I, the knowledge I need, and expects me to have wisdom in using it. 
to be able to overcome. And that's up to me. That's up to you. I, I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. Because Satan's going to come at us. I mean, think about it. It's, it, 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 it's the same standard. Here, here's, here's God saying, this same protection is for everybody. Because it doesn't matter what comes their way. See, that's not the thing. Because we'll say sometimes, well, you just don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand what I'm facing. What I'm facing is different than what you're facing. Really doesn't make any difference, does it? The armor still works. It doesn't matter. Remember what Paul said? Those fiery darts of the devil. Every dart's not the same. So it doesn't matter what he throws at us as long as we've got the armor on. Now, that's real easy to stand behind this podium and say, I don't know about you, I've gone out in the world a whole lot of times not wearing all my armor. And you? I've gone out there and I've felt it. I, I've realized it. I, I realize, especially after the fact, I realize if I'd just done this, if I just realized this, then this wouldn't have happened. You know, the only reason it was as bad as it was is because I made it that way. I wasn't ready. I, I wasn't ready for what I faced. And see, here's where, uh, I may talk about this when we're studying Psalms too. Here's where I really got to thinking back with Peter walking on the water. You know, Faith, if I've got faith as a mustard seed, there's a lot that I can accomplish, isn't there? I just have to realize the power that's in that faith. And I think that's where Peter, what Peter didn't do. He didn't realize his faith was weak because he had such little faith in his faith. Does that make any sense? He, he didn't realize what that faith can do, so he started to sink. Um... And I think that's what we do. We, we underestimate the faith. You know, Jude tells us, contend earnestly for the faith. That faith is the strongest thing that there is. I just got to realize it. I just got to realize that's the greatest thing that I have that, that Satan can't overcome. As long as I have that, then we'll be able to get through the things that we face. Any final thoughts on this study? Well, I hope it gives us the tools that we need and I hope it gives us the motivation that we need to be able to face. You know, Brad, Brad talked a lot in his lessons about how not just this world, but our country is getting things around us. And we've, we've got to be ready. We've got to be prepared. And we can be. Um, we just have to be able to, to recognize it. And sometimes that, that's a very hard thing to do.